Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Jens Nelson. And I am Lucas Stock. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. We thank you for joining us as we discuss, as we investigate, as we navigate this winding road talking about uh, the Christian life. Uh, We also like to strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. So, Lucas, today we're going to be talking about something that I don't know a lot about. Uh, which, if I'm being truthful and honest, is usually like every episode. Um, I've never claimed to be an expert, but like I think that's kind of the point of this podcast. It's introductory. Uh, it's you know, as we say, we're dedicated to journeying, um, discussing, investigating, learning more about the Christian life, learning more about our Lord and our Savior. Um, and so, one small aspect of the Christ- Christian life, or maybe to you, you'd say it's a giant aspect, but uh, one small aspect happens to be. Uh, the Book of Common Prayer. Um, we I don't remember which episode it was, but I distinctly remember a few weeks ago, you were talking very highly of the Book of Common Prayer. And like I left that recording session with you and I literally went and purchased my own copy of the Book, in Common, the Book of Common Prayer. And I don't, like I said, I, I don't remember which one it was, um, but it's been within the last month, I think. Uh, but I, I, I remember getting this, 2019 book of common prayer into my hands feeling it smelling it because it smells amazing it's like leather you know a new book they always smell really good um and then as i open it and look through it i'm just like overwhelmed like man where do i even start how do i use this thing uh and so i thought it'd be really cool to have an episode where we sort of give a backstory to the book of common prayer so a little bit of history but also to have this be truly conversational where I'm like asking you, so like, what about this? How do I use this? How, where, how do we do, um, you know, what do we do with the prayers? What do we do with some of the, the calendars and reading lists and stuff? Because um, there's there's a lot. And in this, uh, some other in- inspiration for this episode happened. Um, so I shipped this book of common prayer to my in-laws. Um, my wife and I don't really have a good system for delivering packages where we live. So we just send them to, the, to our, my in-laws house. And when I picked it up there, she's like, oh, is that a new Bible? And I said, no, it's the, the Book of Common Prayer. And she's like, oh, man, I've always really wanted one. And her birthday was coming up. So my wife and I got her a Book of Common Prayer, this exact one, for her birthday as well. Um, and I just have to imagine that, you know, for somebody who isn't an Anglican, who has never really had a book such as this, has never been exposed to it, they might have the same questions that I'm having. So, you know, Lana, if you're listening, I hope that this is as helpful as I'm hoping it's going to be for me. Uh, so that's sort of like the backstory to why we chose this episode. Uh, it's the, um, I don't know, I, I know a number of you probably already use the Book of Common Prayer, but if you're somebody who hasn't, or you're somebody who wants to, uh, I think this is a good starting place. You know, this is Book of Common Prayer 101. Um, so, Lucas, why don't we start with uh, a little bit of history? Do you want to give the listeners um, a backstory to how this came to be? Yeah, um, I am really looking forward to this episode. I'm kind of calling it, you know, be, like you said, Book of Common Prayer 101. I'm also kind of calling it um, a layman's guide, which is kind of punny because I am a lay person. I'm not ordained. Uh, I'm also not an expert, uh, but I also am hoping that some piece of this will be helpful to anybody who is new to the BCP to be able to to use it. And the reason that I am hopeful of that is because, uh, A, I don't want to waste people's time. But B, I think, you know, I'm, I'm completely convinced that whether you're Anglican or not Anglican, like whether you ever become Anglican, every Christian can benefit, will benefit, should use the Book of Common Prayer devotionally. Um, because it is, I really believe, a remarkable gift to you know we talk about things that different traditions have to offer the rest of the church um i i think that the book of common prayer is like a shining jewel of an example of something that can be offered and and utilized and used by other traditions um besides the one that it is you know originally a part of Um, that's not to say I don't want you to become Anglican because it'd be nice if you became Anglican before we went to heaven when we're all going to be Anglicans. But 
Um, that's not necessary. So um, anyway, uh, the Book of Common Prayer goes back to the English Reformation. Uh, it was first published in 1549. It was primarily composed by Thomas Cranmer, who was the Archbishop of Canterbury, who kind of was the leading force in the English Reformation, or at least one of the leading forces uh, that really got the Reformation underway in England. Um, so that was 1549. This was the first English uh, prayer book. It was the first English liturgy, um, as opposed to Latin, which was the standard religious language uh, and liturgical language at the time. And it, the Book of Common Prayer has gone through several revisions. Uh, things get changed, updated, added, removed, that kind of thing. Um, the first revision was just a few years later in 1552. There was another revision in 1559, uh, and then a quote-unquote final revision in 1662. I put that in quotes because the 1662, to this day, is the prayer book of the Church of England. However, it's not the last revision of the prayer book that has been published, if that makes sense. So, um, in the Anglican world, there are other prayer books. So the Episcopal Church in the United States revised the Book of Common Prayer in 1979. Um, there, there, was a, there was one before that in 1928. Um, there was a Scottish prayer book, I think, in the like, like 1782 or, or something like that. Um, so there, were, there are prayer books that have been published in different Anglican churches around the world. Anglican is kind of a slippery word. But if we're talking about the, the, there's like 39 or 40 churches that make up the Anglican communion, um, they all use a book of common prayer. They don't all use the same revision or the same version of the book of common prayer. However, the prayer book tradition all stems back to these four books originally crafted by Cranmer and then eventually in 1662 sort of you know, ratified and, and has stayed that way in the Church of England. Um, the reason that Thomas Cranmer created the Book of Common Prayer was to create common prayer. Um, the idea was for all of England to be united under a common form of prayer and worship in English instead of Latin. Um, and... This was achieved by creating this, you know, devotional, but primarily, I would say, liturgical text. So we'll get into what is in the Book of Common Prayer specifically. Um, but the, you know, it contains the, uh, liturgies and prayers. It contains the services of the church. Um, and this is all in English that is being given to the people. And the idea was to bring all the people together um, in a language they could understand in prayer and worship. So you have the Book of Common Prayer, you have the books of homilies, the 39 articles, and, and sort of all of these texts and documents together express really the heart and the foundation of the Anglican tradition's doctrine um, in liturgy and worship. So all of the material that you need for public worship is in the Book of Common Prayer. Like you, you know, you, you pick it up. It, it's like a, it's like a handbook for doing church, um, is, is kind of one way to think about it. And it's designed to be, uh, participated in by the whole church. And I don't mean every individual person sits at home by themselves with their own copy of the book of common prayer. But what I do mean is that the whole church participates in the worship of the church together bound and united in this one common form of prayer as opposed to, uh, you know, divided, distinct, disjointed. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. The church is doing one thing. You're doing one thing at home. That kind of, you know, uh, was, that was, that was kind of what they wanted, what Thomas Cranmer and the reformers in England didn't want uh, for a variety of, of, of reasons that were ultimately of great benefit to the church, I would say, and continues to be. So that's kind of like a brief overview of the history. Um, to sort of wrap up the, the background side, um, I 
I'm going to be talking about and and using and referencing, like you mentioned earlier, Jens, the the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. The reason for that, so this is the most recent revision that has come out, I believe, anywhere. Um, the reason for that is that this is the Book of Common Prayer that I use. It's the Book of Common Prayer that my church uses for worship. Um, and, and that is because it is the Book of Common Prayer of my province, the Anglican Church in North America. So it, that is why it is, quote unquote, my BCP. It, it's the one I use because it's the one that has been given to me by my church, um, by my province. There are plenty of very intricate, detailed, um, sometimes obscure, sometimes nitpicky, sometimes not nitpicky debates and critiques to be had about every version of the BCP that's been released, um, theologically, as far as, you know, liturgically, uh, as far as aesthetics and taste. There, there's all kinds of sort of like inside baseball that goes on around it. But we're not going to get into that because that's not really important. And it's also not something that I'm super familiar with to come down with any sort of clarity on those debates or questions. Um, so from here on out, when I say Book of Common Prayer, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the 2019. What I have to say applies to other versions that you might pick up, but things like page numbers or specific orders or specific prayers that I might mention might be different if you're looking at like a 1928 or a 1662 or anything like that. Um, that's just kind of a little disclaimer that I figured would be helpful. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I want to say as far as introducing the book itself and giving some background. Um, I don't know if you have any questions on that or anything that I could clarify further or that I might have missed. Um, I don't think so. I mean, you did a good job covering the history. So maybe as we converse about this, uh, as we transition to to practical use especially devotionally not just to be read like some other book it's not like you'd read it necessarily cover to cover like you would a a paperback book um so in what ways lucas do you use this devotionally in your own life um i use it for the daily office um and for corporate worship uh in the service of Holy Communion on Sundays at church. Those are really the, the, the two ways that I use the book. Um, and they're really the two primary uses of the book. Um, we'll get into more details on, on both of those, but I think that that's a good place to start is, is, is how it's used like literally. <laughs> um, so when I say the daily office, I'm referring to morning prayer and evening prayer, which Cranmer kind of uh, took the... So in the, in the medieval period, the monks and nuns, they followed the, the monastic hours of prayer. There were, I think, seven throughout the day, and then matins is at like midnight or something. Um, and you would, if you were a monk, you would pray all of, at all of these hours. Um, I, I think it comes from Psalm 119. It like references like seven times a day I pray to you or something. So these, these prescribed hours of prayer, um, it's like prime, uh, uh, sext, uh, non, I, I don't know all the hours, but like throughout the day you're, you're stopping at these prescribed times and you're, you're praying through the hours you're praying these liturgical hours of prayer um and part of what Cranmer was trying to do was to take this all-encompassing you know seven or eight times a day including in the middle of the night this 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 almost like full-time prayer life of the monk and condense it into something that everybody could do because if you're not a monk you've got a job you've got kids you've got responsibilities at home like you're not going to be able to stop seven times a day and, and go through the, the prayer services, right? It just, it's just like, forget how devoted you are or how much you might want to, like, it's just not accessible or practical, even if somebody was, was capable and wanted to do it. So 
the, the Book of Common Prayer presents two hours of prayer, we could say, morning and evening prayer. And when I say hour, like it doesn't take me an hour to do morning prayer. Um, I, but it two morning, one morning and one evening prayer uh, service, basically. And really, I, I think of this as sort of the backbone of the Book of Common Prayer and the backbone of like a uniquely Anglican devotional life is this commitment to daily prayer. And this is designed originally and still. Um, I use it as my private devotion. Every morning I pray morning prayer um, alone at home. Um, but it, it is a public worship service. Um, so uh, I'm blessed. I have a community here at, at, at Beeson where we uh, once a week we pray morning prayer and once a week we pray evening prayer together. Um, and it's it's a, a, a such a blessing to be able to do it in community. Um, lots of Anglican churches have morning and or evening prayer services like scheduled throughout the week. Um, I don't know of any or I've ever seen any that like do it every single morning or evening. That would kind of be like a dream of mine if I ever worked in a church to like get that started. But um, so... These morning and evening prayer services are kind of like the backbone. It's the primary way that I use it because um, it's it every morning I'm picking up my my Bible and my BCP and I'm praying morning prayer, um, and that's where you really get the value of the Book of Common Prayer, particularly for people who aren't Anglican, because the other way that I use it is I that this contains so. Uh, you know, if you have the 2019, if you go to page 105, um, that's where the you can find the liturgies for the Lord's Supper, which is just the Sunday worship service um, that my church does every week. There, there, there's two versions in the 2019, um, the Anglican Standard Text and the Renewed Ancient Text. This is one of those things where we might start getting into some like, you know, obscure you know inter bcp debates kind of stuff um but they're both they're, they're two different versions of the liturgy for communion um so we we can we can walk through that potentially uh in a minute but um i wasn't necessarily planning on it that might be something to discuss you know separately but well so um, for my sake when you, when you say daily office what specifically yeah. in the book of common prayer are you praying from like do you use like the psalter are you doing occasional prayers or like what do you use when you say evening and morning prayer yep um so yes um is the annoying way to answer that question so if you um if, if you have a 2019 and you're listening um and you and you're just chilling and you are able to follow along i'm gonna be calling out some page numbers um but you jensen i know i'm looking at you you do have it in front of you so if you go to page 11 um, at, it says daily morning prayer. This is the beginning of the daily office. Um, if you hear pages rustling, that's just, uh, the glorious pages of my coffee stained BCP. Um, so what's great about morning, about the book of common prayer in general, but especially, you know, morning prayer say, um, it's super straightforward and easy to use. Once you know what everything is, <laughs> if I told you, all right, here's a book of common prayer, lead me in morning prayer, you would completely mess up, not know where to turn, not know what to say or what to do. And it would be totally overwhelming. Like it was the first time I looked at a book of common prayer and it would be ultimately not really that useful until you were able to figure out what everything is. But once you have where you know what everything is, or at least the, the basics, it really is this incredibly straightforward tool. Um, so if we're on page 11, what I do is I go through the service. So whether we, you and I were in a church and we were doing this, or we were in a small group at someone's house, or we were by ourselves praying it privately, you have these, these opening sentences of scripture, and so you see in italics, there are like instructions um, when you have, sometimes you'll have options or sometimes you'll have to, as we'll see in a second, you'll have to like turn to a different section of the book to read a prayer that, that 
is being, you know, that changes. So the different version of it is being, you know, fit into where it goes in the morning prayer service, if that makes sense. But so other than that, you're kind of, you're, you are just walking through as if you were given a, a bulletin, you know, in a liturgical church that just had it all printed out. So walking through the morning prayer service, just very briefly, there's an opening sentence of scripture. There's a confession of sin. Um, and as you'll see, there are some parts that are printed in bold. And so that's where th- th- this is communal. This is, this is a corporate service. It's not merely a private service. I mean, obviously, like I do it every morning, you can pray through this on your own. But there, there, there is a leader and, and, the, and the congregation responds in, you know, liturgical fashion. So there's a confession. There's an absolution that is that is pronounced if a priest is present or a deacon or a lay person prays for absolution on behalf of the whole uh, 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 congregation there. There is this uh, invitation section. section. There's a psalm, uh, Psalm 95, um, the venite that you say together or sing together. Um, lots of this is, is traditionally sung um, and chanted. Um, and then, uh, you get to this part where you start reading scripture. So there's, it says on page 16, the Psalm or the Psalms appointed. Um, so like you mentioned, the entire book of Psalms, the Psalter is printed in the book of common prayer. Um, in the 2019 book of common prayer, it is a like updated version of the Coverdale Psalter, Miles Coverdale, was like the first, he produced the first um, English translation of the Psalter. And, and so like, it, it, you know, if, if you're looking, if you're like right now, you know, like if you read Psalm 56, it's going to be a little different than if you pull out your ESV or your NIV or whatever. Um, um, I really like the, the, the Coverdale translation, the, the, like, the, like the renewed Coverdale modified translation that they have. Um, I don't have experience with, like, the older prayer books. Um, you know, maybe I would prefer, I'm sure I would prefer the classic Coverdale if I was used to it. Or, um, you know, I'm sure this would annoy me more if I had spent my whole life s- saying the, the Psalms from, you know, the 62 prayer book or whatever. But um, it, it, it's a really nice, um, it, it's kind of, it, this renewed, you know, 2019 version kind of, it like feels traditional without being super traditional, um, so it kind of feels like a like a like a traditionalized ESV almost is kind of the the feel it gets. That might piss some people off to hear me say something like that, but that's just kind of like the way I would describe it. <laughs> um, so then you 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 say the psalm, and then you would you would read the lessons, which is an Old Testament lesson or a reading and a New Testament reading. Now, where do you find the psalm? And the Old Testament and the New Testament reading? That's a great question. Uh, At the back of the book, um, so starting on page 740, or I'm sorry, 738, um, there is a daily office lectionary. So one of the sections of the Book of Common Prayer is a bunch of calendars and lectionaries. Um, If you're not familiar, a lectionary is basically a... Um, uh, a reading list, a reading guide, you could say. Uh, I mean, it's not really a guide, like you're supposed to follow it. (laughs) But um, it's so, you know, we'll go to today. uh, At the time of this recording, it is February 6th. So this morning, you can see in, in the chart for morning prayer, the first lesson was Genesis 36. So you would read Genesis 36. And then you would say this, um, this canticle, this song, say or sing the, the Te Deum Laudamus. We praise you, O God. We acclaim you as Lord. There's this canticle that you recite. Then you would read the second lesson, which today was John 18, I'm sorry, John 19, 1 through 37. And then you would say the next canticle, the Benedictus, which is the song of Zechariah from Luke 2, or Luke 1, sorry. Um, and then you see, if you're looking, like you are, Jens, um, there's a... There's a another little rectangle that has the the it says the 60 day Psalter MP for morning prayer. So 
the 2019 has this setup where if you're if you're going through this lectionary and you're following the Psalter for morning and evening prayer as it's printed there, you'll go through the whole book of Psalms every 60 days. Um, traditionally, you go through the whole book of Psalms every 30 days or every month. I don't know exactly. I use the 60-day Psalter, but if you if you look in the in the Psalter, you'll see like I just turned to Psalm 102 and it says day 20 morning prayer. Um, so you can you can follow those and then those like markings within the Psalter. It'll say like day one morning prayer, day one evening prayer, day two. Or you can follow the 60 day Psalter. And, and basically you'll just end up reading, you know, if you follow the 60 day, you'll, you'll end up reading less of the Psalms every, every morning prayer and evening prayer. And you'll get through it, you know, six times a year instead of 12 times a year or whatever. Um, Fun fact, the monks, remember I mentioned the, the monastic hours, the monks used to go through the whole Psalms every every day, I think. <laughs> they would recite the entire Psalter. <laughs> um, or, or maybe every week. I think it was every day, though. Um, or maybe that was the goal, I don't know. Um, so then you continue on. After you, you say it, you do these readings and, and sing these songs, there's the Apostles' Creed, and you recite that. Then you get to the prayers. There's a little Lord be with you and with your spirit part. And then you pray the Lord's prayer. You have this back and forth prayer requesting basically God's mercy. Um, and then, so I'm on page 22 for you, Jens. We get to um, the collects. So collect is a funny word that has just basically means a short little prayer. Uh, it, it collects, you know, we're, we're, we're collecting together to pray. I don't, I don't know exactly like why it's called that but that's what it's called um in this context it would be pronounced collect not collect but whatever um so you see there's this paragraph in italics that kind of gives a little bit of an instruction so like i said as you're going through there are instructions um so you're not totally on your own but obviously there's a lot going on if you're unfamiliar which is why it helps to have somebody leading you through it um and so it says the first collect that you pray is the collect of the day. So there's another section, you know, in, in the 2019, um, it starts on page 598, um, which is all the collects of the Christian year. So every week and every holy day has its own dedicated prayer. I've used some of these prayers in our concluding prayers in, in the podcast. Sometimes if we're recording on a holy day, I might pray that saint's prayer or whatever. Um, but every every week has a prayer. So like this morning, I prayed the, the prayer, the collect for the fourth Sunday of Epiphany. That's, that's where we are. Tomorrow, February 7th is Sunday, you know, tomorrow for us recording. Um, and, and that'll, it'll change to, that, that'll be the, that date is the fifth Sunday of Epiphany. So all of next week, I'm going to be praying the fifth Sunday of Epiphany Collect. And, th and this is, in morning prayer, this is when I pray that. I get through the songs and the readings. I get to this part where we're doing the prayers. I start off with the Collect of the Day. And then there are these this collection of other Collects. You can pray one or more of them. They give you the option to go through a rotation every day. Um, there's, a, there's a prayer for mission. It's just basically another Collect. There's a time for um, for intercessions or thanksgivings. Um, so this is like when I pray for specific people or whatever's on my heart or like um, the, the uh, what's that word? Like you have like written prayers and um, prayers that you come up with off the cuff. Yeah, I'm trying to there's remember. Like, I don't... There's like a word that people use. I forget what it is, but... Um, like this is kind of where those fit in, um, and then there's this general Thanksgiving, um, which is a great prayer. Um, there's a prayer uh, from John Chrysostom, and then a concluding sentence of scripture. And in in a nutshell, that's that's morning prayer. Evening prayer is a different service that's structured the same. There are different there are different readings. There are different songs. There are different uh, uh, liturgical prayers that are part of evening prayer, but it's it. 
it works the same way that morning prayer does, if that makes sense. Um, so I, you know, ideally, um, I don't, I'm not at a place in my life where I do this anywhere close to consistently. You're praying morning prayer and evening prayer at the beginning and end of every day. And, and you're, you're walking through the word every day. Over the course of a year, you're going to be reading the, the Psalms, you know, six to 12 times and pretty much the whole Bible. I think there are, there are a few chapters that get left out um, every day. Uh, if, if you were to, to consistently every morning and every evening go through morning and evening prayer and go through the daily office lectionary. So that's, like I said, like, like the gist in the nutshell. And hopefully you can kind of see if it's not something you've ever done or prayed or, or been a part of why I would be so excited about that specifically, the daily office um, with the daily office lectionary as a, as a devotional tool for everybody, regardless of where you worship on Sunday. Um, since we didn't like, we didn't like do morning prayer just now or evening prayer, but like the prayers are just, you know, they're, 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 they're literally just scripture <laughs> or they're drenched in scripture. And, um, they're, they're really, really beautiful prayers. I, maybe I'm biased, but they're, um, they're, they're really great. Um, and, and it's a really, it's really changed my prayer life and devotional life for the better. Um, to get to participate in this historic, liturgical, disciplined, uh, uh, I lost the word, traditional and, and disciplined track of, of prayer and reading scripture every day. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think it's unfair to, to conceive of it like I have as the backbone of the devotional life of, of the church and, and the, um, the, uh, the book of common prayer itself. Um, so that was a lot. I, I know, especially if you're listening and you don't have a book in front of you to follow along. Um, hopefully I didn't lose too many people. Um, but I think it is kind of helpful to just walk through, um, obviously more helpful if you're able to follow along. But I, I, I know for me, Having getting to sit down and, and pray through morning prayer with people and walk through it with people who knew what they were doing is how I was able to get to a place where I knew what I was doing and really be blessed by it. So hopefully um, something like that can come out of this as well. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts or, or questions that, that, that came up. Um, I've just got a couple other things to mention that I thought were important with the book of common prayer in general but other than that uh you know i don't want to talk the whole time (laughs) right yeah so just for clarification so you you mentioned i think you said like it starts on like page 11 or whatever um the daily morning prayer um so you use this front section like 11 to 27 like every day like this this structure but you're inputting stuff from way in the back Yep. Um, from the lectionary. And so then maybe this is where you were heading next. So what is a big chunk of like the middle of the book that isn't the Psalter? So I know mm-hmm. that we mentioned that the entire 150 Psalms are, are printed. Um, so what are some of the other things? Like there's talk about like national days, like national holidays, and there's um, holy days and... Um, you know, talking about different parts of the church calendar. So how how do you use some of those other things or are they more used in a formal worship service that you don't use all the time? Um, you know, there's the ordinal too. Like, is that, what, what's that all about? Like, do you want to give some mm-hmm. clarity for like, I mean, this is, for those that don't have this, this 2019 edition anyway, this is like the, I don't know, it's like a leather bound edition. It has like 800 pages. So it's yeah. not like this is like 50 pages or something. So um, right, a big bulk, you know, a pretty big chunk of this you haven't mentioned yet. So do you want to maybe explain right, right. some of that? Yeah, definitely. So I've mentioned like that there is the, the Eucharistic liturgy. Um, so like on a daily basis, 
I don't flip there. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing Eucharist by myself, you know. <laughs> um, and then there's also uh, liturgies for baptism. There's the liturgy. Let me, I'm just going to, instead of flipping through the whole book, I'm just going to flip through the table of contents. So you've got, you've got the Eucharist, you've got baptism and confirmation, and then you've got um, marriage, rites of healing, ministry to the dying, the burial service. So all of the church services that takes up, um, you know, from like page 105 to 250. Um, so it's a pretty, you know, a decent chunk um, are all the different services and liturgies that the church uses for the different services that churches use. <laughs> um, a pretty That's a pretty useless sentence, but I think you know what I mean. Um, and then we get to the Psalter, which is, which is probably the biggest individual section. It's like 200-something pages, or almost exactly 200 pages. Um, and then you get to, this is set off as the Episcopal Services, so, so specifically the ordinal, that is the serve, the liturgy and the services for ordination. So you see in the table of contents, ordination of a deacon, ordination of a priest, ordination and consecration of a bishop. So that is, is in here, you know, like right now we could turn there and read and learn all about what it means to be ordained in the, in the Anglican tradition, you know, from the liturgy itself. Um, and then you have other things that are services that are, they, they call it special liturgies of Lent and Holy Week. So you've got the, the service for Ash Wednesday, Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and, and then the Easter Vigil, um, leading into, um, celebrating Easter itself. So all of that stuff, that stuff that is, is corporate it's not stuff that's used every week even. Obviously, you're going to use Palm Sunday once a year, you know, because there's only one Palm Sunday a year. Um, but all of that is the liturgical content of the Anglican worship tradition. Um, so then you get to collects and occasional prayers. So this is the section I mentioned before where you flip to, to read the collect of the day or, or, or um, the week or whatever. Um, so all of the collects of the Christian year, every, you know, the ones that go for every Sunday of the Christian year and every holy day, every saint's day, though, that's where that's printed. So that's where you're fl you'll flip to, oh, today is, you know, uh, the, you know, the other day was the presentation of Christ in the temple. So I'll, I'll flip there and I'll read that. That's the collect. I'll pray at that time for that day, you know? Um, and then there are a collection of occasional prayers, this is another section that I go to a lot when we're doing our closing prayer. Um, this is where you see things like, you know, prayer for the local congregation, prayer for a child or for a birthday, uh, prayer for guidance. And these are just short prayers that um, they, they don't, like they're not locked into anywhere, if that makes sense. They're, they're just helpful resources it's just a collection of of prayers so that's literally like a book of prayers if that makes sense um ju just a collection of prayers that are helpful or useful for um specific times or needs that are going on like there's prayers for 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 healing that I've used a lot when I have a family member or a friend who I hear is, is sick or, or hurting in some way, that kind of thing. Um, then you get to the calendars and the lectionaries. So we talked about the daily office lectionary. There's also a Sunday lectionary. So like you can see the readings that are assigned for every Sunday of the year. Um, in, in church on Sundays, for those who are not familiar, we have like the Old Testament, and we have a, an Old Testament reading, a Psalm reading, a gospel reading, and an epistle reading. So that there are two readings and a Psalm reading on uh, in, in morning and evening prayer, but there are three readings and a Psalm reading uh, on Sunday. So you have all of those readings. Um, then there's this other stuff that's, that's less, I mean, it's not, it, it's less like urgent. So there, there's a calendar of all the holy days. 
Um, so if we turn to 691, you can kind of get an idea. It's it's a whole it's literally just a calendar for every month, and it has all the different holy days that are recognized by the church. This you know this prayer book being the referring to the the ACNA. Um, so January 1st is the circumcision and holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll see that's a red letter holy day. It's in bold. This is the, These are like, these are not optional days in the calendar. But then you also have optional Anglican commemorations and optional ecumenical commemorations. So um, on January 10th, you have Archbishop William Laud, who was the Archbishop of Canterbury. That's an optional Anglican commemoration. But then on January 17th, you have St. Anthony, the hermit in Egypt, who is an optional ecumenical commemoration because he's not an Anglican saint. He's just a saint of the church. Um, But the confession of Peter on January 11th, that's not optional. So it's set off as a red letter day, if that makes sense. Um, So there are a couple of, of things like that that are that are very helpful i mean you you can see you know you don't have to just know every holy day in the in the calendar you can you can oh you know today's may 1st what day is this oh it's it's uh the holy day of philip and james the apostles okay and then you know this is the this is the commemoration of the of of these apostles so i'll pray this collect i'll i'll celebrate them in this way um and that's that's pretty much it. You mentioned um, uh, like national days and stuff. Um, that part of the occasional prayers are prayers designed for the nation. Um, I can't. Do you remember what page that was on? Um, I I just kind of want to point it. Like it's a little um, interesting. Oh, like I so. Don't so like there's there there's a section of the occasional prayers that are for the nation and so like there there's some you know the anglican church in north america has some that are um specific to canada because mm. canada still is under the queen of england um and then others that are specific to the us or mexico because the acna is in canada usa mexico so those are the only three countries that this is relevant for um and you know, Canada doesn't have a president. America and Mexico don't have prime ministers. So the, these prayers are just kind of specified. So that's like kind of an example of like the like tangential things that'll, that will be tweaked when a prayer book gets changed. Like you're not going to find a prayer for the president in an English prayer book because they don't have a president. You know what I mean? And you won't find a prayer for the queen in an American prayer book because we don't have a queen. So like those kinds of things are like, some of the changes that some of the changes are much more significant or much more theological, but but those are like sort of side examples of some changes or some types of changes that have been made over the centuries in the different revisions that have that have been made and different churches, Anglican churches around the world produce, you know, different versions of the Book of Common Prayer. Um, but that's so, so most of the book I'm not turning to on a daily basis. Most of the book is not something that is, nece- is, is used on a daily basis. Um, it, what it is, is everything is in the book. So if you have a Bible and a Book of Common Prayer, like I said earlier, you can do Anglican Church completely. You know, you, if that makes sense. You have all the liturgies, you have all the... Um, pre-written prayers and the calendars and all that kind of stuff um, all printed and accessible um, to be used Um, so like in the pews at my church there are bibles and bcps because you use the bcp you know it's it's when when church starts our priest gets up there and says turn with me to page 105 in your Book of Common Prayer, and then we start. Um, because it's common prayer, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. We're all together. You know, we have this This book is our is our handbook for, for how we do worship, if that makes sense. Um, it has 
it has it has all the all the pieces which which like you said it you know like the the first few pages are are kind of crinkly and the bindings getting a little loose but the back half is is not <laughs> um, cuz there's a lot more flipping that gets done in the first 30 pages for, from me than the than the rest of it <laughs> well you know um, what they say don't you uh, a book of common prayer that's falling apart probably belongs to somebody who isn't right pretty sure that's <laughs> <laughs> i like that i don't know if i've ever heard that but <laughs> not people have said stuff. that about the bible i think like i don't know who it's attributed to but a bible that's falling apart uh, mm. probably belongs to somebody who isn't so i just anyway sorry both of those are great sayings and <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's kind of all I would want to say. Um, I mean, that was really helpful, at least for me. And again, maybe there are people who are, who, who at this point have tuned out or didn't get to this <laughs> point cause it didn't make sense to them. But for those of you who have a book of common prayer and have like struggled to know how to use it, like at least for me, it has been really helpful and, uh, has shown me at least in a small measure how to start using it. And then it maybe as I start, um, you know, it grow, you, you get better and you grow and develop and, and improve in your routine, I guess. But for, up, up until this point, I've basically just been reading the, um, the, some of the occasional prayers, like, I, cause I didn't know how you used it. I know, I knew that you did, but I just didn't know how you used it every day. Um, right. so that was, that was really helpful. I'm glad. And hopefully, like we've said a couple times, hopefully this is helpful to somebody listening who hasn't had the chance or, or maybe this has piqued your interest and you might want to pick up a, a copy and, and, and see. Um, if, if you're not Anglican and you have the opportunity to get together with someone who, who uses the Book of Common Prayer to, to pray together, um, do it. It's, it's fantastic. It's what it was originally created for was common prayer. And uh, it's It'll help you get, kind of get a feel for, for how it works, which, which can help you um, more fruitfully use it in your own devotional life, even if you're not getting together with a group of people every morning or every evening. Um, you can still use it every morning or every evening, like, like kind of what I was saying I do. Um, and it, it really is, like I said, I think just such a gift to the church. But you have to know how to use it in order to be blessed by it <laughs> and um at that i mean in some sense that's kind of just makes sense and um and uh, hopefully this kind of helped take away some of the barriers to using it not because i want to brainwash everybody into being anglican but because i just think that we have an amazing gift as people who read english to participate in this tradition this um this prayer book tradition that that the Anglican Church, the Anglican Communion, has given to to the world, to the church, um, and hopefully, if you do sort of like start or try um, praying with the BCP after hearing this, uh, I hope it's a blessing the way that it's been a blessing to me. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's great. It's super cool. I love using it, and I love. Um, how it has helped me to pray more and better. Um, and that's my own experience. And that's, it doesn't, you know, that that's why I love it so much, but everyone has a different experience and I'm not saying you need it to pray well, just that it can help you, um, in your prayer life, at least it has for me. So I'll stop before I blab too much, but no, that was um, good. Well, do you want to yeah. read a prayer for us before we begin to exit this episode yep yep so as you may or may not know as i mentioned at the beginning thomas cranmer the archbishop of canterbury was uh the basically the author of the book of common prayer so i'm gonna pray um, a collect in his honor um a collect of a reformer of the church O oh God, by your grace, your servant, Thomas Cranmer, kindled by the flame of your love, became a burning and shining light in your church, turning pride into humility and error into truth. Grant that we may be set aflame with the same spirit of love and discipline and walk before you as children of light through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, 
now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, we have some special stuff going on this month, as we've said. Yes, we Uh, do. Tomorrow, tomorrow we are dropping a bonus episode. And as I say this, I'm trying to remember when our last bonus episode was. It's been a while. It has. There was a good stretch of time where we had a bonus episode like once a month or something like that. But it's been a long time. Um, So look forward to that. It might have something to do with a a special announcement, uh, talking about a a giveaway maybe. I'm not really sure. Uh, So tune in tomorrow for that. Uh, Additionally, we wanted to remind you uh, that very soon... We are going to have a Instagram live. Uh, so basically, Lucas is going to log into our Doxology account. I'll be on my personal account. Uh, and we're going to live stream our one-year anniversary episode. Uh, it's it'll, We'll also record it so that we can uh, upload it like we normally would, just in case you miss it. Uh, but we thought it'd be a really good way to um, interact with some of you so you can see us, kind of see behind the scenes of how we record uh, but also sort of answer your questions. So like we'll have, you know, on the Instagram live, you'll, you'll see the um, questions pop up periodically. So we, we thought it'd be a really fun way to interact with uh, the community, with uh, with you, the listeners. Um, so we just wanted to bring that to your attention. More details will be forthcoming, like the exact time and um, and stuff like that. But we just wanted to make you aware and let you know that you need to follow us on Instagram so you can be reminded, uh, stay up to date with all of our happenings. So Uh, Those are the two things that are coming up, Uh, but I just first want to say thank you to Lucas for uh, for doing this episode. As I said, it's it was really helpful to me, and I hope it's been really helpful to you guys. Um, And I also want to thank you, the listeners, for listening to this episode. To this episode, especially if you've made it this far, uh, if you had the interest in learning about uh, BCP 101. Um, But we would love if you would connect with us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcast. Again, make sure you follow us, especially on Instagram. Uh, You can also email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We always welcome your feedback, episode ideas, any questions that you might have. Uh, Make sure you sign up for our newsletter. Uh, But really, we hope that you have a wonderful day. We hope that you um, are doing well in these crazy, crazy times. So uh, peace. See you.